Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. All right, welcome to uh, episode number three of the Gangster Chronicles with Reggie Wright, James McDonald, and Alex Alonso from Street TV. All right, appreciate you coming in with us and hanging out. I guess I'm hoping you're gonna be a regular guest over here, but hey, we'll, we'll see, see how that works yeah, out. Yeah, we'll see what go- we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, cool, well, cool, cool. So tonight episode we're gonna deal with with something um, that you know we all about and what what you know. You know, my background is in law enforcement and the police. And then James, Mob James, you know, you know where he's from. Matter of fact, I want to give James a shout out. Today is his birthday. Yes, sir. So appreciate you coming in for, and um, spending some time with us on his birthday because you could have shook us. <laughs> no, no, no. Business first. Business first. Exactly, exactly. And then, uh, man, a very, very special guest, uh, Mr. Alex Alonzo from um, Street Street TV. Street, street TV. TV. See, I'm no that old that old, you know, what you used to call it. Well, it used to be street gangs, but yeah. I had to uh I wanted to introduce my platform to a larger audience. Okay. So I kind of sanitized the name. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And went from street gangs to street TV. Can you get any bigger, man, cuz you'd be having some good um some good episodes. Hey, there's always room for growth, man. Exactly. There's always um, you know, new things to do and technology's constantly changing and the internet is growing and social media is growing. So, yeah, we, we're going as big as we can get. That's right. Well, cool, cool. Appreciate you working. Um, I guess, well, I can see you got a lot of respect out there because of the na- different neighborhoods you be going into. Some people say I got a, a hood pass to every hood, but it ain't really like that. It's oh, just, you do got a good <laughs> you, 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 you can walk in. You got the key. Hey, I could actually tell you there's a couple hoods where I'm actually not allowed to go in. Really? Like, for real, for real. I don't want to get into those specific yeah, hoods. We ain't gonna but, get yeah. no shout outs. But, but um, 
you know, there there are some people that that push against what I'm doing, and you know, where, I got I got to navigate through that. From that looking at it, you could be a police type of shit, not knowing you, or he could be undercover, or no, nah, it ain't even on none of that. It's about they want to document themselves and they want to control how they're depicted. And even though I have a huge platform and I want to give the people in these neighborhoods an opportunity, they feel like we'll do it ourselves. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I respect it and I go where I'm welcomed, basically. Right. But most places I'm welcomed. Uh, very few problems, um, very few issues, and I love what I do. Cool, cool. Uh, so you wearing this New York Yankee hat. Where are you from originally? I was actually born in New York, okay. but I came to L.A. at the age of 11 and pretty much been here ever since. I came here in the early 80s. Oh, yeah. And you. I grew up in the West Adams area. West Adams. Yeah. Okay. And I hit I hit L.A. right when it just in the thick of it, you know, <laughs> as a as a teenager. So I saw all the 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You, you Where are you from from in the last 10 years? So you, you got to wear an L.A. hat now. <laughs> well, I, I switch up. To me, when I, when you see me with different hats on, it's really part of my uniform. It is not representing uh, what the logo is. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll get into the show because, uh, man, you, you got a lot of knowledge. And, um, you know, first of all, I want to touch on, you got anything or any uh, Nipsey stories? You know what? I actually met Nipsey back in 2007 for the first time i was working on a tv show i was working on a pilot for a and e and i was trying to get uh, a bunch of la street guy young street guys to be a part of this new show and i eventually got 17 people to to shoot for the show and i wanted nipsey to be one of those and i wasn't able to get him okay at the time for you know that's a whole nother story but then maybe a year later they hit me up. His okay. people hit me up and said, hey, you still want to do that interview? And I said, well, initially I wanted him to be on this show that I was doing for A&E, but I'll, I would love to interview him for, for the platform. And they said, yeah, let's do it. So I, I ended up interviewing him in February of 2009, and it's one of the oldest Nipsey Hussle interviews. There's about maybe two that are older than the one I did. So I, I met him early. Gave me his mixtape, Bullets Ain't Got No Name. If okay. people remember, he did three. That's how I ended up becoming a fan of him. He did these three amazing mixtapes, Bullets Ain't Got No Name, one, two, and three. And that pretty much put him on the map in L.A. Yeah. Everyone was like, man, this guy could rap. Yeah. I remember telling someone in 2008 or nine, this guy's going to blow up. I said, this guy's really going to blow up. And everyone was like, nah, he ain't going to blow up. I'm like, nah, this dude has, he has the look. He has the, the swag. He comes from one of the biggest neighborhoods in L.A. Yeah. So he's got that huge backing. And but he's got talent. You and listen then, to him talk. He, he talk like he got an old soul. He does. Yeah. Like yeah. he got an old soul. Like he actually <laughs> been there. Like he's been there when Slauson Boys first came out, the way they used to talk back in the days. Okay. That's how I, I was watching this, looking at his interviews, and he talked like he'd been there before. You wouldn't You wouldn't say he was 33 years old. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like how, how Tupac talked. I don't know. I, I think mean, he was smarter than Tupac, actually. Well, he's eight years older. That's so true. That, yeah. That you, we got to remember. That's a good, say, yeah. You can't compare a 25-year-old exactly. guy to a 33-year-old oh, guy. Like yeah. at 25. <laughs> and his experience is totally different yeah. from Tupac's, too. But you could look at Nipsey when he was 23, 24, and 25 on a lot of old videos and, and maybe try to make that comparison. Well, and you got to remember, Tupac came from uh, from Baltimore, New York, 
Oakland and all of those neighborhoods. Well, Nipsey just had that home training right there in South Central LA. And he and, and so he was just gonna keep it about that. And he had you know, an older brother, Tupac then, you know, have any, uh, an older brother and all of that to to guide him and all of that. Tupac was pretty much the leader of his crews or his sets with everybody he was at. When them see, you know, kind of had people to, to, you know, to be up under from Big Hugh to uh, to his brother Sammy and all of those, and that's a big difference. Yeah, but also Tupac come from a Black Panther background. He come from that. I mean, these are some revolutionaries. He had a lot of uncles and stuff, but he still was raised by his mama. Yeah. Which Nipsey apparently was, too, even though his daddy said he was in his life a little bit. But, I mean, a lot, apparently. I'm going to give the uh, edge to a 25-year-old Nipsey over a 25-year-old Tupac. Yeah, because Nipsey was talking about investments. He still haven't... He was talking about business. He was. Pac was a, just a part... Pac was a talented dude and all he talked about was partying but and having fun. But was he talking fun. about that at 25? Nipsey. Yeah, Nipsey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, he, go look at some of... His very first interview that he did with um, uh, the guy from the Bay Area, his name will come to me in a second, he was like 23 years old talking about I'm not gonna be buying this jewelry when I can't afford it yet. Exactly. Yeah, I need to. I need to look at investments. Yeah. I got to look at my future. Uh, yeah. He was 23 talking like that okay. in uh, either 07 or 08. So I know a lot of people might, you know, dislike the comment that I gave uh, Nipsey the edge over Pac when it comes to knowledge and intellect. But I, I'm confident in that. A 25 year old Nip was just slightly sharper than a 25-year-old Pac. Did you see the uh, interview that Pac did at age 24 at the Brotherhood Crusade with Danny Bakewell and that about the three-strike loss? Yeah, and you know what? My favorite Pac interview is the one he did from prison when he let his hair grow in. Yeah. I mean, he was actually sharp in that interview. Man, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Uh, That was a sharp interview that Pac gave from prison. (laughs) Okay. You know? But, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll leave that that On on that note. Okay. How do you feel about Nipsey... Working with the police to get the gangs together. I mean, you deal with a lot of gangbangers. Or attempting to. Yeah, it never or happened. reaching out. But, I mean, well, it never happened because he was killed. Yeah. yeah. So we never know what would have happened that Monday. Mm-hmm. But he was one of the only ones who was working on that. Or Getting attempted. close yeah. to, you know, the gangs trying to, you know, cease firing the whole nine. How you feel about it? I mean, you work with a lot of gang members. And... And some gang members might say they're not with it. Some might say they're with it, like the ones they are. I mean, how you you think it'll work? Well, I commend it for for planning to just have those discussions with law enforcement. Everyone that works for GRID, G R Y D, Gang Reduction Youth Development, the gang members that are in GRID, they have to work with the police. Yeah. So we already got over a two dozen former slash but they call them informants. They call them informants because nah, they pay on them. We got they the money. They, they, the, the real game members that's active in it and stuff like that have a problem with them. Yeah, they, they might. They, they call them snitches. And but there's some OGs that are that that have solid names out there that are part of the grid, that that work with law enforcement, and yeah. there's no way around it. Yeah, if, if you're working with the city, you know, I'm for it. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm just telling you know, you know, because when I was dealing with guys and out there and. And people know my background on both sides. 
I, I always knew that those guys had got jackets and they didn't respect them or they didn't talk about them about this situation until they got in trouble. Then they wanted to reach out to them and see who they can help. Well, I but, know about six or seven grid workers and they're all solid. They're solid. Um, okay. There's, there's, they got them in the jungles. Yeah. They got them over there in, in Hyde Park. They got them in, in West Adams. Yeah. Uh, even, unfortunately, Twin from Rolling 40s got killed in July of 2018. He was a grid worker yeah. and he was a solid guy from 40s Crib. So there are some really good, uh, you know, respectable guys that work with Grid, work with the city, and they're forced to work with law enforcement. They need, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of gangbangers, youngsters out there that don't know nothing about Grid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That don't ain't never heard of it. But it's not about telling the police information about the gang. And I think that might be a misconception that grid workers are not there to inform on other gang members. They're there as like a liaison between the streets and law enforcement to say, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to go talk to the youngsters and I said, you know, I'm going to give them some information. Then you you tell the police, hey, I spoke to those guys and they're going to be quiet. You know, it's not about like giving names and providing information. I, I don't believe that grid workers do that. Yeah, I haven't heard of grid workers like I haven't heard of any cases either. Let me just clarify that and clarify that. <laughs> yeah. I but I know that's what people that's from the outside be like. Oh, well, he work for you know he getting a check. He get paid by the police. The police look out for him and take care of him. And so stay away from him. Or we don't talk about that in front of him. And I think that's part of the danger of doing this gang intervention prevention yeah. work. Like people just think it's yeah. a, it's a simple job. Exactly. But you're you're there to help curb violence help curb gang conflict and it's still a dangerous job for all those grid workers because you never know when these young knuckleheads think you're an informant or think you're working with the police in a different kind of way yeah you know i even talk to the police sometimes when i'm out there shooting and i try to stay away from them because i don't know who's looking i don't know who's watching yeah um but you know it's it's almost impossible not to interface with law enforcement when you're out in any streets. And, and, and you have cops that are out there that are good, that are for, you know, like uh, you know, uh, Darren Dupree and, and cops like that. And my, you know, from when L.A. Uh, like my father was Reggie Wright Senior went from Compton when he was working in Compton Police Department. That that people can have trust and have good relationships with. And so you have those type of officers. You just have to know which ones there there are. Think the police of the day. Is really willing to work with the gang members. There's some to stop it all. There's some. You gotta there's, have there's more the, than some. Though. Yeah, you, you're not gonna ever get majority. You, you you never had the majority. You're never gonna have a majority of them that believe because some believe in this kicking ass, taking names, and and moving on. Where you have some that's working in those those type of divisions and and the smarter ones and all of that since the um, quite frankly since the riots. It started trying to happen since the riots when law enforcement was like, okay, hold on. You know, for, well, the riots was a result of the right and the king beating when they saw that, okay, we can go to jail for putting our hands on these people like this. The public is not really tolerating this. But they well, haven't stopped. Yeah, it really hasn't stopped. They haven't stopped. It's gotten worse. <laughs> it, it would be a lot They're worse shooting you if down that wouldn't like happen. It's a thing to do. But yeah. this, this is my whole yeah. thing. What these guys is trying to do for Nipsey. And and my whole thing is, I'm sitting here listening. Well, to the main the, thing it was the kids. It was mainly for the kids that he was trying to help it for, cool. which is the most important thing. But it jumps from the kids to these. I've, I've seen a lot of interviews, and these guys is threatening their own homeboys. It, for all the big homies, if you fools then woo woo don't come, and, and support this and this and that, you're going by the, the wrong way. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm telling you, everybody ain't weenies like this. 
I'm, I'm not going to get that cat no shout out, but like that boy there, like that boy that killed Tupac. Come on, man, you you dealing with some serious knuckleheads out there. You know what I'm saying? So how can you get the the gangbangers and the and the and the police together? How do you do that? It's just the first step, James. I, I mean, I think. I think this is the first step towards something that's going to take five years, eight years, ten years. Reggie just mentioned the riots. How many years ago was that? Ninety-two. Mm-hmm. That was almost, that's 20, almost 30 years ago. Yeah. And how much progress have we made? I think we made some progress yeah. in terms of law enforcement. Yeah. Not, not Nowhere the progress that we, should be. that we would want. Yeah. But I think we made something like you seeing more officers being indicted on a regular basis. I I look up the indictments every day. There's a cop getting indicted somewhere in America every day. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Exactly. Um, 30 years ago, you probably didn't see that many law enforcement arrests, right? Exactly. I agree. And you're seeing more. Look, we have the top L.A. County sheriff and his sidekick both serving five years in prison right now. Yeah. Lee Baca, Paul Tanaka. When has that ever happened before? When when your chief and assistant chief are in prison. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, Lee Baca, he trying to play the amnesia role and all of that. <laughs> like, you know, but he pretty much got got indicted for, uh, for allowing, just, you know, I wanted, I wanted to work yeah. because if it worked, that would be a good thing. But my whole thing is, first you gotta you 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 can't just keep talking about it, like they did in '92. In '92, I said it wasn't gonna work because all they want to do is talk and drink. That's not gonna work. Well, now you're talking about the truth, right? That, yeah. So what, what 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 they to me is what they need to do is is deal with their the neighborhoods first. Yeah, I think it's a huge step. I yeah. think it's a big step because the '60s and the A trays. Those are the that's the top of the food chain when it comes to the neighborhood and gangster car. Exactly. So if you got about what twenty other neighborhood crip gangs, you got about what twenty twenty five other gangster crip gangs. They all gonna fall under what A Trey and Sixty do. Yeah. But didn't A Trey have a problem with because it seemed like Big Hugh was making a shot call and calling that uh, that um, that march and all of that? Didn't they have a problem with that? No, I don't know. Maybe I haven't heard anything specifically. But hey, I mean, somebody's got to step up exactly. and take any that position. Yeah. Anybody, and, yeah. and that's cool. A lot of cats respect him, so he should take the lead. But then you put you bring other other major hitters to the to the table. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I'm saying in each hood, we call a ceasefire. We don't go out and do nothing. When Big U was walking, he was walking side by side with Madbone or OGA Trey. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I you know. know, with arm, arms around they each did. other. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, everyone should have. But you know what? Outsiders probably don't know. Oh, that's an OGA Trey. Yeah. You know, everyone knows Big U because he's you know yeah, he's become he's a well-known guy. Yeah. I think I I, I truly believe it'll work, but. You know, you got to bring in respect. You got to you got to start respecting each other, not just today. Uh, we got to switch phone numbers and we got to talk. We got to sit down and break bread on how we gonna do this. And once you do that and cease fire, let's try this for one month. Yeah. And then the next month we try it again. And then another month we come in and see how we can incorporate. That means get money, make money to buy this building to get so many kids in there because this was Nipsey yeah. drink. And what happened on the, the um, getting back to the riots or the, or the truths um, that we had in, um, the, the, you know, the late 90s, 92, 93, well, you know what happened was, and I was in law enforcement deep into it then, is you hear by a guy by the name of uh, James from, from Ma Paru, and now I'm um, Timmy from Nutty Block or, or wherever, and now i always been wondering who was Mob James from from the Mob Pyrus area that shot and killed my cousin or my brother Timmy that everybody from the neighborhood always talked about, and now I'm finding myself fraternizing with him, sitting drinking and all of that, and eventually it got to be too much. What do you mean allegedly? That's, well, yeah. allegedly, I, we, I just threw out names. And but see, even with that, Rich, 
Everybody got to look. Yeah. Came back. And, and that's what caused them to break up. That's what they started. Everybody now lost. I know who these persons are. Listen, everybody yeah. lost in the gang war. Yeah. My neighborhood lost. Man, I'm team brothers. Every neighborhood lost a lot of men. We at the point, I lost my brother yeah. by gang shit. But unfortunately, it was the homies. That's over. And and these guys got to look at it. That's over. You living now for the future, for your kids, your grandkids. Yeah, most people ain't, weren't able to put it, sweep it up under the rug. Well, from from the experience that's that I where had. that's where the big yeah. homies come from and that's where yeah. you 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 put your foot down like like with the police if the police come in this situation trying to work with with the gangs and they get out of line man it's the police got to maintain their own arrest yeah. them put them in jail let them know we serious about this that's the only way we'll believe that they serious about it is if the police come beating you up and, and saying this and that, we don't want it to work. So how do you check them? By their own people. We you know what? You have to see it. We got, we the got, police, they don't really have anything to gain by seeing a truce. Nothing at all. By seeing peace. Because, nothing at all. Because part of their business is gang violence. They have gang enforcement detail, which used to be crash. And they all lose jobs. And they have gang hardcore division, which is the the legal arm of the L.A. District Attorney's Office that prosecutes it. So they have an uh, agenda to see this continue. That's, that's what I'm saying. Well, so, that go back to the quotas on tickets and stuff like that. I don't <clears throat> buy into it because I know as a cop okay, I was never told to write this many tickets or you had to write this many tickets. I think it's just an un, unwritten rule. You have gang enforcement detail. We'll just call it crash. You mm -hmm. have crash. These officers make money. They have kids. They're putting their kids through college to be gang cops. So how do you employ these people? you got to have gang conflict. you got to have gang problems. Without gang problems, without gang conflict, then you don't have a gang enforcement detail. So what what role are they supposed to play when these gangs are trying to bring peace and come together? Like, what role, what's in, would there be a sincere role that law enforcement can play well, in seeing gangs get along? Uh, it would be something. You go to major crimes or you go to unsolved or something. I just I just don't buy into that because I know about the quotas and all of that. So I know they don't like it uh, for the most part. Um, the good ones. Now, you got some cops. Like I said, I saw something on Facebook. I told the story before where you had two white cops in the car and they were applauding each other because um, – they were giving each other high fives because some, some black guys just shot each other and say, oh, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything because they'll take care of it for you. Yeah. And, and, and so you have those type of officers. You have some of them. But as a majority, I don't think most people want to see um, well, the gang violence continue. Well, but it's the ones that ain't right. I mean, just on that note, you don't think the police out here is racist, especially in L.A.? They won't give you the time of day. You have a percentage, but do you have some good ones, A too? percentage is enough, have, is enough to say it'll, yeah. it'll never work. You they don't a, want you, that You to have happen. a percentage, but I, I, I'm just not one to believe that all cops are bad and all cops are no, dirty. I, I'm not. All of them not bad. And I'm sure you done ran into some cops that were good and exactly. that you speak highly of. And you as, as well, See, Alex. here's the problem with most LAPD officers. You have the ones that you'll, like at the Nipsey Hussle Memorial, mm -hmm. I met a bunch of captains and higher-ranking law enforcement officers that seem to get it. Yeah. Yeah. They're talking what you and I would be talking. Exactly. 
But the guys that are on the front line that are patrolling these neighborhoods, the sure. ones that come to court to testify against these guys, yeah. they're the younger officers. Correct. And the younger officers have a different mentality than the 30-year veteran that you that's know true. that comes to the gang meeting. Yeah, that's true. So there's like this divide within the LAPD of young cops that they don't care about gang members. They will actually talk down about them. But then when you talk to a captain, he's talking to like he understands the plight. He understands the problem. He has some compassion. Yeah. So within this one organization, how do you have this divide of officers that think two different ways? You've yeah. got to have witnessed this when you was a cop. Oh, oh. I done told stories <laughs> plenty of times where uh, we I had a cop in the car with me tell me he wished they'd drop a bomb on the city of Compton. And I had to remind this nigga, hey, two of my grandparents <laughs> still live in this city. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so I think those, those yeah. are the cops that James was talking about. Exactly. With those, when those cops exist, then progress is going to be so minimal. Yeah. I truly believe that that in a situation like this, you ex the police out. You do not use the police at this point because it's still fresh. Everybody is still trying to get on the same page, and you don't need anything to interfere with that. I just think the problem is, and looking from the outside, because I've never been a gay member, or, you know, one, you know, professed to be one, is that. But I know about them is that when one guy is calling for this truth or stuff like that, then the other gangs feel like this dude think he has too much power in the city and the jealousy happens. See, that's That's that's, what happens, though. That's where our mentality is at. And that's where the problem comes. This this young man is in jail now with, uh, that got shot with with Nipsey. Why do y'all really believe that he's in jail? They got him on a parole violation. Why do y'all think they got him in there? Because he refused to talk. And won't tell them anything. So they're going to violate him. So they're going to violate him. Okay. And, and he's, he's actually that's, a victim. And which he's is actually crazy. a victim. Which is yeah. crazy. Oh, I totally disagree with this this arrest. But I'm just trying to explain, explain to people why do, why is he in custody? And we're talking about, I think, Cousin Kerry? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, his name. That's because uh, he don't want to talk. I just, man. Yeah. It's Cousin Kerry. Cousin Kerry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. can you honestly say. If, 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 and I think it's great. And I just want to give a shout out to it right quick while I'm thinking about it. Free Cousin Kerry, man. Yeah. Vlad TV is doing uh, uh, something on his page where he's uh, they're doing a, a GoFund page where at last I checked it was up to about sixteen dollars to $17,000 for his legal fund. If anybody can go and uh, support that, it would be greatly appreciated. Here's another problem I have. If you really want to know what a gang cop thinks, go watch a trial. I work in a lot. I get I consult sure. defense attorneys yeah. a lot, right? Yeah. So I listen to these every week. Okay. Listen to an LAPD gang cop that's about 25 to 30 years old testify. Most of us never even get to watch these cases, uh-huh. but I work closely with them. And the stuff they say on the stand is absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous yeah. It's some of the craziest stuff they say. Of course, their agenda is I want to get a conviction. I need to help this prosecutor convict this guy. Yeah. So they'll go on the stand and say almost anything. And maybe one day we can have a topic where I'll bring in some transcripts and we'll read some of the testimony that these LAPD officers and um, L.A. County Sheriff's deputies say in court. Mm-hmm. But then I will meet their bosses at a ceasefire meeting at a church and they're saying something completely opposite. Yeah. You know, so this this, this divide again within the culture of police that um, it, it to me, I, I can't trust it completely because yeah. the bosses are letting these young cops kind of do their thing yeah. at the same time. And they also have a code, am I right, that 
we protect our own, regardless of. Well, I'm, that's pretty much going out the window. <laughs> I mean, um, the cops investigate each other, and they turn each other in, and so it's not going on going on like we think, right. where that blue wall or thin blue line, that, that blue light, thin blue line is. It's not as, 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 as you know. Right. No, social media and a, and a lot has has helped, uh, um, you know, tear stuff like that down. So. Uh, I'm just not one for it. I just don't believe it. I know it's dirty cops. I know it's a percentage that's out there that's dirty, but I'm not one that's going to say it's the massive is, is, is well, dirty or, or, or against the system. I'm um, just so the stuck system. on the gang thing, man. I wanted to work so bad because I was telling still that I have a nephew out there, want to be bad, want to be this, want to be that. I wanted to bring him to the show so he can see different things. Uh, I think it's important that how many nephews you got? We all got nephews. Mm-hmm. We all got brothers. I got, Timmy got how many kids? 21 kids. <laughs> and the majority of them is boys. And they all they all rep in the neighborhood. How do I save them? You know what I'm saying? Because everybody want to get out here in the streets and, and click together. If each and every man that's, that represents the gang just stopped and got his nephews... His little cousins out of the gang, it 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 shrink so so fast, and it'll be easier to maintain what you have now. But we ain't doing that. They they got them in there. They watching them die. They watching them die. I don't want to see my nephews. I got a lot of them out there. Die. I got one. He's sixteen years old. Uh, everybody ain't meant to be a father. I'm gonna say that. Um. He's running the streets, sleeping in cars and shit. My sister tried to get him out in Fontana. Nice home. He don't want to be there. He want to be from the hood. You know what I'm saying? He wanted, he wanted to, to, to go to the Nipsey Hustle thing at the state. Boy, you don't even got a car. How are you going to get there? So he got his other cousins, and, and he find his way there. And, and, and you speaking to him as an OG, a big OG, and he's not listening. Because he's at that age where well, he's, he's that's very point, rebellious. But I'm just trying to say, exactly. you know, we always say, well, the OG's got to make him listen. The youngsters is not. That 16 to 25-year-old black man, I, I, I said it before, is the most dangerous guy in America or, or person in America, according to some people, because they don't care. They don't have anything to lose and all of that. So my point to, to all of that is where... You know, how do we combat it? Now, he got to see it. He, he needs an opportunity. Exactly. He needs an economic opportunity. He needs an employment opportunity. That's what I'm talking about. Where he about. sees a future. Right now, he doesn't see a future for exactly. himself. Exactly. But they're so, not going to do the jobs that his his uh, his education and all of that, that's going to allow him to get. Because you can go get a job at McDonald's. You can go get that job. But he's not going to do that. No, he's not going to want to do that. He's not going to do that. So when, what job? What economic? Well, he can, he can get some training. Let me Maybe you. he can go okay. into electric electrician. Um... He hasn't finished high school yet. If he's 16 and he don't, he's not even finishing high school yet. When I went to junior high school, they had mechanics. You learned all that. They don't got that in schools no more. Yeah. None of that. Yeah. Where you can work on cars. You're good with your hands. He's good with his hands. Now he's getting tattoos on his hands because he ain't got nothing to do. And then the police tell you you can't chastise him because... Uh, is is abuse. So how do I take my son and yeah. embrace my son without whooping his ass to to keep him alive? 
you can tell me. Come on, tell me. I need to know <laughs> because I got, I got so much. We might have uh, a female perspective here on what to do. Well, <clears throat> I am an early education uh, teacher from at USC, okay. and you definitely have to start them young. Uh, apparently, he didn't have that experience, you know, from, you know, from the beginning. You yeah, have to give them experience. And when I go, used to go out with Alex and doing these interviews with all these other gang members, the number one thing, and Alex used to ask them, you know, why? What's going on? Why are you in the gang, basically? Oh, I grew up with my grandma. I didn't know. I didn't know there was anything else. And that sticks with me to this day. We have three children, teenagers, and it sticks with me. I didn't know. You mean you didn't know there was a beach out there? You didn't know there was SMC out there? You didn't know there was a junior college? No, I didn't know. So it's your job, if you want to make a difference, is to just take them. Just take them. Give them the opportunities. Just Take him. Show him something that he does not know. Maybe one day it'll click. It might I, take a I, year. It I'll might take years. That. Just keep going. Just You can't give up. You just got to keep going. Just keep going. Yeah, I think the the main thing, like she said, you got to start young. He's 16, so what, I mean, certain things. You know, it's just not him. This is this is where, where I'm saying that's going to stop the gang, the gang shit. This is where everything ties in together. You know, the big homies, get your nephews out of the gangs. Get your sons out of the gangs and, and show them something different. Let's save our own. You know, let's stop blaming other people and asking other people to help us. We can, we can do that ourselves. So I'm trying it. My sons went to college. My son James Jr. and my youngest son uh, Jalen, they went to college. My baby boy went to Texas A&M. My oldest son went to college, raising his daughter since she was born. They went out to hospital by herself. She's 11 years old. So mine understand, but it's Tremaine and all of them, these are my nephews. So looking at what's going on now, long time ago, I didn't care. I didn't care about life, period. I didn't, I didn't care how we got down. Let's just do what we do. This is part of the game. So being on the other side of the fence I'm, and, and seeing my nephews and seeing my best friends getting gunned down for nothing, it's like, wow. But I can't sit here and be a hypocrite because I participated in the same thing I'm trying to stop right now. You feel me? So how do I just slide by in the shadows? How do I cut this corner? How do I do this? It's plain and simple. I am who I am. I did what I did. I regret what I did. So let me pay it forward. Let me start by helping my nephews because everybody got a nephew or a cousin that's doing something stupid. Well, I think you just got to plant the seed. I, I tell you, I, I used to work at at uh, Culver City High School, and my job was to counsel the gang members there. And I felt like none of these kids were listening to me. None of them paid attention to what I said. They were just forced to sit there for an hour mm -hmm. to talk to me once a week. And then years later, after um, that program was done, uh, a UPS driver knocks on my office door to bring me a package and was one of those kids mm -hmm. that I had counseled years before. And he told me that I had an impact on his life it didn't it didn't materialize then it didn't happen right then and there but he just remembered things that i would say to him every week 
And however it happened, years later, he he ended up getting a job and started working for UPS and yeah. figured it out. So all I would say is just just keep on planting the seed, and one day the light bulb will go off in the I'm, guy's I, head. And I'm glad you said that. I got a guy on my my messenger hit me through messenger, and he was just talking to me the other day. His name Brandon Lee. I want to give a shout out to Brandon Lee. He B dash. He expect. I mean, he. You know what it is? I know B dash. And he just he just tell me thank you all the time, man. I love you. Show up, man. I wanted to say woo to woo this and that, and that makes me feel good. Like I'm okay. I'm doing something right. You know what I'm saying? So, shouts out to him, man. I'm keep doing what I'm doing, and I don't want to go out here and just grab some cat off the street and say. Man, I'm, I'm, this true thing gonna work. It's gonna no. Let me start with my nephews. You know what I'm saying? Because they in the thick of it. They in the thick of it. And 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 the scary thing is, I got so many of them trying to game bang, but don't even know how to game bang. <laughs> don't walk with your head down. Uh, one of them they ain't gonna say no names, and they probably be trying to figure this out after they hear this. Don't even know how to say Paul Rue. And Paul just. You're going to lose like that. They don't hear it. So I just got to find another way to teach them. And, and, and I'm just running short. And, and my patience is like real thin because I think I'm losing. And, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. So here he is. I got my nephew. And I told him I'm going to bring him to the show. And this is what I'm going to do. I want you to see and meet people that's doing things, that's trying to save lives like yours. He ran away. Now, my sister been taking care of him for two years. And and he runs away. He's on Instagram doing, I'm, I'm talking about things you would never think a kid like that would be doing or saying. So... I can't break him. I can't break him, like like really like break him, because that's jail. I don't think there's anything you really could do except just continue just to plant the seed, plant the seed, continue yeah. to be encouraging, and hopefully one day something will hit. But I also think that in terms of the truce, um, Compton, the East Side, Watts, other parts of L.A. really weren't impacted by this. This was more like a West Side. Yeah, it thing. was. It was. But I and, and I say that because I think all these parts of LA, LA is so huge. It's like yeah. the second largest city geographically. So there's got to be a, a Compton movement. There's got to be a Long Beach movement. What what these brothers did on the West Side the other day was just the West Side. Well, you know? a lot of them on that side saying they don't even know Nipsey. But I'm gonna say this today: it's not about Nipsey's. It's what those dudes initiated and what they're trying to do now. And if we can save one life every night for 365 days, you did good. That's ain't nobody getting killed. That's and that's Compton, Long Beach, and all that. So they need to get with the program and get on that because it's all about us. It's all and about that's, us. And that's, and that's what you're saying. We got, and that's the Black Panther old um. The way they do it, let's worry about ourselves, and you know, let's 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 get our ourselves, you know, our neighborhood or where we at, 
And then, you know, we can't try to do the whole city of, or, of L.A. and Compton. <laughs> it's too big. It's too big. So we just got to do this segment. We got to have people in that segment to do it, people in this segment it's to like do it. It's like a pie. It's yeah. like a pie. Yeah. It starts in your neighborhood. We don't have to go to yeah. this meeting to That's do it. We just sit down as yeah. the homies yeah. and say, man, y'all tired? Yeah, we tired. We ain't going out and we ain't doing nothing. Yeah. We're going to show our support that way by laying our colors and our guns down. You don't have to go to no meeting or talk to the police. You can just say we good. Yeah. No activity. And everybody know what that means. No activities. Next hood, no activities. And all these guys need to hear that part. No activities. That's how you support the West Side, they, the, the, the 60 movement. That's how you support that. But you, you, but you guys, I don't know if you guys were aware, but before that day, April 5th, there were two huge meetings, one on April 4th, one on April 3rd, with hundreds of people, uh, especially the one on April 4th, hundreds of different Crips from different sets from around that so area. Had already started. Oh, yeah, this, uh, this, this was already... This was already in place. Yeah, so okay. then uh, April 5th came, and then it, what happened on April... Oh, so they was doing that under the radar, then. Yeah, yeah, so what happened those those two days, those two meetings, I think the meetings are important. It kind of inspired what we end up seeing on April 5th, okay. gotcha. you know? It wasn't just. Oh. That's why everybody was so, like, like quick to join it. I mean, when I saw them walking down that street, I was like, "This ain't just happened." Nah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't just happen. It just can't because. And those two meetings, th- those two meetings were like critical, and they were revolutionary because it, it brought different sides to to the table on those two days, and then. The fifth is what we all witnessed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I thought it was beautiful. You no, know? no, no, it was, it was. Um, let's talk about the rumors because I know you done heard it, and and, <laughs> and um, and you you got your ears to the ground. Uh, they want to blame it on the police. I blame it on the media. Uh, try to put out there that um, uh, you know, the shooting after the incident. I was there. You was at those shoot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Could you talk about those? Did, did, was those related to the? Uh, You're the march? talking about when they were at the memorial. At the memorial. That would have been on. Uh, I think that was April first. Uh, about. Two days after Nipsey was killed, there was a big trampling. The trampling, yeah. Well, that one, and then also I want to oh, talk about. Oh, you're talking about the shootings. The shootings, the one yeah. on 103rd well, and May, and the one in Nickerson Gardens. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you can say were they related or not? I don't think they were because of the distance. But yeah, I don't believe uh, yeah. both of those shootings were related to I Nipsey so at all. Either. That exactly. was both on the east side. Exactly. One was in Watts. And people don't know, you know, because we got a big broad audience. How far away that is. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that why some people might say it was related because Nipsey's procession went through Watts. Okay, it actually went to Century and Maine. Gotcha. And I'm not sure. Um, but it was supposed could, to happen three or four hours later. Yeah, though. that's what I was going to say. I'm not sure how much yeah. time had passed after the procession had passed, passed in Century and Maine. Yeah, it also did go to Watts, but I don't. I don't know. Uh, I just think that there's some East Side stuff going on. And also, before Nipsey was killed, there was a sp- there was a spike in crime going on in March, early March. You know, all of March saw a spike from January and February. Okay. So we might be in some sort of trend now, an upward trend of, of violence in Los Angeles. It's summertime. Summertime. It always happened like that every year. Yeah. Every time they well, get close to summer. Or, or when schools get out. Shoot up. I always yeah. recognize them when, at the end of the school, that's when the youngsters start acting up. There were quite a, a few shootings in yeah. March. And um, it might have something to do with. It. I think it's just too early to say. I don't know anything about the 
the 103rd and Main shooting, except that it was a, a older guy. And uh, the guy that got killed in the Nickerson Gardens, he was a well-known guy over there. Okay. You know? So I don't think it was related to Nipsey's yeah. funeral. Well, I just wanted to get that cleared up if you if we had any information. Yeah, the media was on that. The media was on it. <laughs> they wanted to make a big thing. Oh, this happened after that. And I was like. Well, do you believe that that boy said that he was paid to do what he did? Come on, we ain't going to talk about no conspiracy <laughs> shit. Like, I mean, man, don't, don't, don't bring that up. That's shit. stupid people that's on the internet that make that stuff. I've Your attorney that... wouldn't even bring that up. That wouldn't even come out. Yeah, he got an attorney quick. He got an attorney at his arrangement. Yeah, he jumped on that, you know, for public publicity and all of that so that's fine he, he wasn't even court appointed I thought he might have been court appointed but I found out he's not even in the court appointed pool no he's not a bar panel yeah, he's, he's not, not a bar panel a, attorney yeah, so that's so private not, yeah, retained private. no that's that's uh, I'm clout chasing and I'll do some, this for free I'll do this for free but we don't know we don't there. know if he's getting paid ain't nobody paying for him who's gonna pay for him uh, we, don't, pay for we, him? we don't know the economic status of his family Good point. And I think it's too early to say that, That's a good point. that Christopher Darden is doing this pro bono. Mm, I uh, believe so, but, but good point. Time will tell. Yeah, time will I, tell. I, I believe Chris Darden is getting paid. Yeah. Uh, a penalty I case have no inside information. It costs $250,000 to $300,000. It's a little death penalty case. Uh, for well, well death penalty has, hasn't been filed as a death well, penalty case yet. But it's going to be. So if it is, then we might see a new attorney. You know, attorneys change all the time. How many attorneys this should go through? Well, well, he ain't had no money. <laughs> Contrary to everybody think he ain't had no money. Yeah. That's why he was there. And That's why he was in the position that he was in. If this case goes to trial, we can't even assume that Christopher Darden is going to be the defense attorney through this entire process. This trial yeah. is not going to happen for a year or two if it goes to trial. Yeah. So, But I don't believe that any of those... Well, it's going to go to trial because he's going to try to play the um, insanity. Uh, that's his whole get down. He was crazy. And not the government. That's people out there that want to have, you know, the Tupac still alive. That's that's those type of people that's that's putting that stuff out. I think for the city though, it'd be good to just give this guy a deal and him just jump on it, because you know it's it's very traumatic for the family to sit there in a the trial. I've seen this yeah. so many times, you know, to see his family and his kids have to be dealing with this all over yeah. again. I truly don't believe it's gonna go nowhere. I think he gonna something gonna happen in jail. I don't think he's Oh, they got this guy in high power. power. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's not untouchable. In LA County. Not in LA County. Yeah, he's untouchable right now. There's such thing of yeah. untouchable in no, jail. Not in County. You jail. think that the not sheriff. At, not at that level. James, yeah, you think the level. sheriff are going to let this guy yeah. get killed yeah, on their exactly. watch? Not this not is too level. high profile. They can't even move him out of the cell without a video <laughs> camera. Yeah. We're talking to a guy that ain't over here, you know, in that high power situation. One time I was. I was visiting an inmate. There's not a place in jail that you can't be touched. Yeah, but high power. A little different. I'm starting to believe James is a conspiracy. <laughs> no, I was too. visiting an inmate in the county jail once, um, yeah. in the in the yeah. lawyer's area, and I actually saw Suge come down. Yeah, which is by coincidence. And he probably had a sergeant. It was like five and, deputies, exactly. and one was and holding the camcorder. I just said it. You know, that's they, so they feel falling. Man, that's just how doing. they move. Yeah, high power. OJ, Shook, all everything those, is documented. They document everything. They, move they, with they have a sergeant way. there. Also, they don't want the liable, liability of his family exactly. suing the heck out of the sheriff's exactly. department it's if something, something happened to him in there. So yeah, I think yeah. I think he's going to be, uh, yeah. you know, he's guarded, well yeah, guarded. He's well guarded. He, but now you know wants to go to the now that's different once he gets to the pen. That's a different know? situation. It's the same thing when when Shook was going through it. You seen on Facebook. People posting he got killed and all that shit. 
and knowing he can't. Well, that's just liars. Conspirators yeah. and liars are two different things. <laughs> you went out with the government did it. <laughs> you yeah. said he was paid seventy five thousand dollars for the government to to do it. That's not even something that came out of his mouth because because his attorney wouldn't even allow that to happen. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. coming out of his mouth yeah. since he's exactly. got a, an Once attorney. Once he lawyer up. Yeah. 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 So cool. So um. Yeah, but we probably have to rename the show still. <laughs> I know we kind of veered off. Yeah, the, we veered the off police the police yeah. versus gang. But um, but, but here's the last thing I'll say on the, on the whole police versus gang relationship. A lot of people might not be, know this, but there are actually documented police gangs. Most of them oh. in the sheriff department. You remember the Vikings? Vikings. <laughs> hey, Paul Tanaka Paul, was a Viking. Yeah, yeah. There's the three thousand boys. Out of the Linwood stage, the three thousand boys. That was in the county jail, the LA County Jail that he's speaking of. And there's all there was also the two thousand boys. I just learned this from um, Carl Douglas because he sued a lot of sheriffs. Yeah. Um, Carl Douglas was the guy on the OJ case. Yeah, he was on OJ's case back yeah. in 95, but now he is the most successful civil attorney that sues law enforcement. Yeah. And there's at least three more that I don't know the names of. So they 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 have them. Yeah, they this is they, these are actually and they police have tattoos. Clicks. And yeah. they have ta- they have been tattooed. They had an incident uh, uh, where these guys got into a big fight among themselves at a Christmas party. Uh, yes. behind the clip. That's heard? how yeah. some of it became public exactly. because one of the deputies decided to sue the other deputies. Exactly. So but, it's safe to say they're not to be trusted. Those I would say th- okay, those guys. Now you, we're talking about ten people out of uh, an organization of ten thousand. No, we're not going to. I'm not going to sit here. I would say more more than 10. I'm just talking about (laughs) of the ones that's in the particular gangs. I I, I would say there's at least 100 LAPD and sheriff deputies in these gangs. Of 10,000. What percentage does that break down to? It is very small. All right, please. But these these guys have lots of power when it comes to policing gangs, though. These are the guys that are on the front line police. There's not a lot of gang enforcement officers. So, so what, the question is, what percent of gang enforcement well, officers? These were guys in are county. In clicks? J- they were in county jails. The Linwood Station. They were this, uh, at a station, mm-hmm. uh, which is now in the Century Station. Uh, I think they even this, well, they might was always out of the Century Station. I forget how that went. Uh, the Vikings, what the Vikings were. But the county jail deputies eventually every every deputy has to go to county jail first. That's their first assignment. About seven but then they years. get trickled into yeah. Other departments mm-hmm. eventually, so yeah. that culture gets spread to wherever they go. Like, like I always said, it's a percentage that are, are, are bad cops. I'm just saying the percentage is under two to three percent. You're hey. doing the percentage of the whole department. I would say let's do a percentage of gang cops. Gang cops, the uh, ones that actually their responsibility is to investigate gangs. What percentage of those old gang cops are actually in these gang cliques? That number is definitely and, higher than one or two. But 2%. I haven't heard any of the gang officers been associated to cliques. They always been. Officers in county jails or at stations and stuff, not in the the crash or the. Uh, well, Rafael Perez and them had that skull tattoo in nineteen ninety nine ninety eight. But they weren't gang officers; they were just regular patrolmen. Well, they were part they, of uh, as a whole. I'm saying they were just boys that hung out together. No, I think that. But um, they wasn't. A, uh, I think Rafael Perez and his partner um, Nino Nino Darden. I think they were crash officers. <laughs> The ones that shot Javier, this is what, let, let me just say, this is what they did one day. They shot a, a Latino gang member named Javier Ovando, yeah. paralyzed him, then went and got a gun and put it next to him, yeah. and they put a case on him. He got sentenced to 23 years in prison, and he sat there for two years until he got exonerated, dirt. and he lost his ability to walk for the rest of his life. Like I said, dirt. These are LAPD officers that did that to Javier Ovando. Well, we, Dirty we, cops. We, 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 we got him in the neighborhood. 
Now, how many cops do you know that come in the hood, pull you over, start talking to you, and then start popping you upside your head? Where, what you call now? them? Yeah. I, 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 I haven't heard of anything like that. But my point, Roger, that's and my point, and my point to my point to that, my point to that is complain. And I know we don't like to go and Man, complain. Niggas ain't going to go and <laughs> complain because where departments believe now, where. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah Yeah Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. There's smoke, there's fire. And what I mean by See, that, Reg, the one time, nothing may not happen. That's why I said the I second time, with you. No, nothing, I'm, I'm not mad. The, the why, third time, why? but you should get three complaints like that. Yeah. Trust me, a department, they're going to, oversize is out there now where it's going to, uh, something's going to happen. You're going to get transferred. That. 
The gonna more complaints that a cop it, has, that's the, what we got the, the more you have an the impact on his career. If you don't have it on, if you don't have it on, on the phones, the camera phones now, I'm, I'm talking about the only way the cops going to get dealt with is people got to be educated to complain. Being in the streets and getting pulled over by the police just on some routine shit. It shouldn't happen. They going to work your it ass. Happen. They going to beat you it up. It shouldn't happen. Uh, if your pants sagging, that's, they going to whoop no. your ass. They going to... Reggie, you don't. You said it don't happen. I see it every day. No, that don't. Happen. You know what I've observed lately in the last maybe five six years that there are less and less black cops out there. It's mostly Latino cops and white cops, especially in Poli- Compton. Yeah, Compton is all Latino and some white cops. Well, My Compton question out, is, what happened to all the black Compton cops? Compton now are seventy percent. What happened is number one, we need more we black re- cops. We need them, but they can't pass the fucking um background. <laughs> <laughs> they can't pass it because they go and get in trouble. But listen to this. The sheriff- and the ones that do go through the schooling and all of that, what you go be? You this- go be an attorney, you go you get better jobs. Well then how is the sheriff hiring Latino cops that have gang backgrounds? They got Latino cops that's brother is from like White Fence, like, yeah. and the, and I get, but, but, but this is because your brother is related don't make you related. But wouldn't it? that be like a, a red flag in the hiring process? You, 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 it's you, a red flag, and they go they go through some hell. And you know they how go many some background. You know how many Latino yeah. sheriffs deputies come from gang families. How many but a you, black cop would never get hired need, if not, he came from a black family? Uh, I I, I, know I shouldn't say never, that, yeah. but they're not getting hired at yeah. the same rate that these Latinos get hired because they're not generally applying and going through the, the process to do it. I mean, I'm be honest, only one to two percent of the people that actually apply make it through the final process. But the problem with, with the blacks, with black people, when we do go through that, usually we got a lot more going on for ourselves where we choose a different profession. That's what generally happens. I mean, LAPD has a, a very good salary for for. They try. They choose a different profession. For I'm me. just shocked okay. at the lack and, of black and, cops. And the Mexicans, it's a big. Right, hire. James. How many black cops it's, do you see in Compton? I, it's a handful. And how many, and, and compare see, that to the Latinos more, and whites. I see more Mexican police officers. Well, in L.A. County, uh, in L.A. County, look at the rate of where it is with the Mexican uh, population and the whites and the blacks. I think the Mexicans uh, outrate us in, in L.A. County, right? Yes. Yeah. It's only like uh, 9% black in exactly. L.A. County. in L.A. County. And it's like 40% Latino. So what yeah. you going to hire more of? I just think that, um, and, and a lot of black inmates in the county jail complain that there is a preferential treatment to the Latino Mexican inmates it is. From, the, from, the, from the cops, from the sheriffs that are policing the county jail. So I'm like, man, where are all the black sheriffs? Where are all the black officers at? Why aren't they getting hired? They don't want them. That's not true. <laughs> no, they want them. They, they just not want them. They just getting wilt- filtered out. I in see the, a uh, lot of black cops and, and, that are and, ranked high ranking. They you are because they moved up, but they've been around twenty yeah. five, thirty years. That they moved up. You see up a lot some, of high ranking yeah. black cops, but I don't no. see them patrolling the neighborhoods. Back in the days, Compton was had more black cops. Fifty percent. Now you don't see them. It was about fifty percent. Like like I just said, because of the the hiring process and behind the background check, and you know. Um, you think about it. Um, a person that go through college and all of that, where where do we send our black kids? Do we tell them to go go to college to become law enforcement officers? Well, I got a cousin named Tony Williams. Went to college, went to the military, did his, did eight years in the military, came home, and was denied LAPD. But why? 
I don't know, but shit, he ain't. He's a smart. But bitch. just because he went through it, don't mean that he didn't have a check or or, or or spotty pass. They just kept telling him no. Like you'll never really know why you'll someone didn't know. pass. And they have reasons why they they say they get. And you know, well, I learned. I learned some of the weird questions that they ask. Like for example, they'll ask you a question. If you pull your mother over for a speed, well, you pull over, you pull someone over for a speeding ticket, you find out it's your mother. The question is, do you give your mother that ticket? What's your answer, James? No. That's the answer they want to hear. They want to hear. Because if you say, yes, I will, they're you saying you're a liar, yeah. and boom, yeah. you, you just lost. Give it a you're full, yeah. But I yeah. think some of these, but if you're a new recruit, you're thinking to yourself, hmm, yeah. I, 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 yes, I'm going to give her the ticket because I want to do the right thing according to the law, right? <laughs> and, 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 and those are called stress tests, and those are generally when you're a senior cop or been around already, they ask questions like that. The, the perfect example, and I'll give you one, you got a fire and you're out there directing traffic. And then you see, and then you while you're out there directing traffic, you see somebody burglarizing uh, a house. Uh, what do you do? Call it in. That's what you're supposed to do. Most <laughs> people say, "I'll run over there and I do it." <laughs> yeah, but you, but, you, but you, you, you forget life over property. Yeah. And so you out there say, you know, directing traffic. So you're supposed to, you're really supposed to be out there, what, saving lives or pre- preserving something that happened to, uh, to a life or injury. And now you want to, you took went away from that for property. So you have, you know, questions like that. But it's a whole bunch of stuff. I really so. think we need to get yeah. a, a better understanding why a lot of African Americans either are not applying or they're getting denied. And why are they getting denied? Because I know they're applying, right? Yeah. We know they're applying, but they're definitely not getting hired. They're not in our neighborhoods patrolling, um, you know. So I think that's a question that we don't know the answers well, to well, that right now. The question is 9% versus 40%. Yeah, but... So it's not going to be as many as, as the Mexican But officers. affirmative action is supposed to to guarantee some sort of equitable hiring process. Like, well, there's women being hired now that, that in the early 80s, they would never hire women in the LAPD in the early 80s or late 70s. Exactly. Yeah, well, not as Why many. would you put a lot of Mexicans... You just Police said officers. it. You just said you have forty percent versus nine percent. You going to try to go but with the uh, all the gangs you got in Compton are black. Majority of that's not true. The Mexican well, that's just the ones well, we know have, about. We have that's the ones Mexican we know gangs. about. I'm telling you, those Mexican gangs are out there. You have CB seventy, CB threes. You have them. And out they there. bigger. Just, Compton now is seventy percent Mexican over thirty percent black. That's yeah. the ratio now. When I was a cop in Compton, it was seventy percent black. Thirty percent Mexican. What's the what difference? How how can they come over here and tell me what I need to do, and they don't know what? To, I mean, who are they, man? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, you know better than I do. Use the police, and you know how like going to certain neighborhoods and certain people. The 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 black gangs ain't gonna respect the the these officers because they ain't, they ain't, they don't see black officers out there. And so then what does it do? They keep getting on. They're going to run and run. And then it, it should get worse. And then how does it look when you have a, a Latino Mexican deputy or officer shooting and killing a black gang member that ends up being unarmed? Like just happened in uh, Compton. Uh, uh, a Cedar Block Pyro dude got shot and killed by a Latino deputy. I mean, how does that look? You know? It, don't, it doesn't look good. But like you said, when you have a, a, a 70%, you know, versus 30%. You're going to have that incident where you're going to have 70 cops out of 100 cops are Mexicans. So we basically fighting a losing battle. In Compton. 
<laughs> well, I think I think LA is dealing with but the same issues. Same issue. And then yeah. you see them police because all of y'all moved out they, to Fontana and stuff in Rialto and San Bernardino. That shit they do right there. That's that white power shit they do. And you see, you seeing a lot of that. Yeah. Police officers doing this. Come on, man. Should they be here? Oh, if you get caught doing it and you don't think they deal with it when they when they catch them, you don't think they deal with jobs. the officers? No, they don't. They, they, they deal. I with just them. think the whole gang when thing. The, social media. Will get you fired quicker than anything in law enforcement. Let us police our shit, our own selves. But look, the sher- the new sheriff of the LA, LA sheriff deputy just rehired a bunch of deputies that were lost their well, jobs. Well, he put them he put them in upper management because he had to get his boys, and that's one thing you better do against the wishes of the county board of supervisors. That was one incident. Well, I think he one, rehired two people. One or two one or two people. But most of the people he brought back it was because he was trying to get rid of that. But that's his mentality. I, I know it's just one or two people, well, but his mentality like is getting... these are bad cops, but I'm rehiring him. <laughs> well, his thing was he didn't feel that they should have been terminated in the first but place. But that's not his what? decision to make. The county board of supervisors. The, the, no. The, the, the five county board of supervisors are, are the boss over They're the political. county. They were the boss of his budget. We, we're the boss of the sheriff because we're the one who votes them in. Well, well I don't live five, in LA Aren't County. the five supervisors the bosses? The, uh, of the budget. That's it. Okay. They, they just control. They can give him a dollar versus $100 million. That's all they can do on him because he's, he's voted. Yeah. He's a, he's a, uh, he's a uh, you know, he's voted by the people. <clears throat> but the, the control that they have over the sheriff is the budget. You know, he can go and request this amount of money, and they'd be like, I don't know, we're not giving you that. So that's why you got to play ball with him a little bit. Well, I think that this sheriff is starting off kind of on a shaky ground already. Oh, yeah. yeah he, but that's how he won. That's how he, we have never had a sitting sheriff lose in an election. I don't know how Jim McDonald lost that. And actually, Jim <laughs> McDonald was one of my favorite. He was one of my favorite. He like, comes from Long Beach and all of that. City yeah. of Long Beach Police Department. But they hated him. He was not. He's <laughs> well, not a politician. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> when a good old boy, that's one thing about the sheriff. They are a good old boy system. They take care of what they what what they in. So they got all with the LAPD. <laughs> or well, he went to Long Beach. Oh yeah, that's right. He that's was chief of Long Beach. He, he went to Long Beach. Yeah, he went out of there to Long Beach. But that's what happened. And he seemed uh, appeared to have been a good guy. He just wasn't a sheriff. And they are a good good old boy system. They got rid of him. Quickly. They got rid of him. Yep. <laughs> you figure you get ten thousand. You get 10,000 um, sheriffs against you, and they go tell all their family members to vote, <laughs> get out of vote. What 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 the sheriff won, what, a million votes in um, in L.A. County, if that? Because yeah. we don't get out and vote like we should. So that Not? means the likelihood of seeing a black person lead the sheriff's department is probably almost impossible. Impossible. Because <laughs> it's all, it's all uh, politics. It's all politics. Yeah. Which, I'm, I'm here's a question. The LAPD, it's all about appointments okay sheriff is about elections elections what's the well, better system the sheriff the sheriff person yeah but once you get elected yeah. you control all the other positions correct so basically all of those positions are elected because one guy one gets guy elected, gets elected. And, yeah so i've always felt that elections should be out of policing that's a good point what do you think about that that's a good point but then you have uh politicians running a police department do you want that because politicians are going to go by what the preachers say. You then you have your ministers and your pastors running running police departments. Well, in Los Angeles, I don't think the mayor has uh, power to to fire the chief of police. Well, he said the commission does, but he 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 the one that appoints them in the city of L.A. 
No, I think he just recommend. He 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 um, approves I, it. I don't think it's the mayor's final decision. I think he he do all departmental heads. Unlike most city managers, usually that's the city manager job in most cities. Yeah. But the mayor of L.A. is the city manager for. Um, but the mayor always goes with the what the commission says, anyways. So that's, is it really because he he appoints the commission? Yeah. So it's not really the mayor's decision. He's well, you say he goes with. But he's he has, approving but he, but whatever he is final, decided. But he has a final say. So he does. But one has a mayor, one against the commission's suggestion. Uh, you know, I don't think yeah. it's happened in a long time. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, man, this whole. Uh, Police versus gang thing is a conversation that we're gonna be having for years. I, I I truly believe, but me personally, I say don't even involve them right now because we could do it ourselves. It just take each neighborhood to police itself. That's where you. That's where the big homies come in at. But we need money though. Yeah. You, this well, we need resources. Intervention and prevention we, it requires money. Okay. It starts. It starts oh, with the park and recreation. And wait stuff a minute. Like we that. say money. We say money. Every neighborhood in the city of Los Angeles, company, and everywhere else generates money. Money come through. Is it? You got to spend your money. You got to spend money on something. What business in Compton do you really see that's generating money? I ain't said no business, no black-owned business. Oh, okay. right. I'm saying street money. Street money. Guys got money out there, man. But do you think they're going to put it back into uh, into the neighborhood? Why not? It's going to benefit you in the long run anyway. Hmm. It's going to benefit them in the well, long well, run well, anyway. That, well, well, you're speaking of what Nipsey did. That's what Nipsey was Same trying to thing. do. He was and, trying to preach that. He was doing that. But all he had in there, well, I'm not going to shoot him down. I like what he was doing as far as the business and stuff like that, but you look at the businesses that he had in that little shopping center. Was Every, it really generating a lot of we money? Buy, Reggie, for the city? is from the Mexicans. <laughs> a boost, a boost for Asians, a barbershop, a tax preparation, and a clothing store. It's not hard. I thought man. it was a great start. Oh, especially for that no, neighborhood. No, it's great. I like what he did with the business class. And the Fat Burger right there, too. And he the was Fat a part Burger, of. yeah. And before you knew it, he would have had the gas station. Uh, you know, he would have probably had the, the chicken place across the street. I, I think what he was doing was great. Don't, 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 you know, other than LeBron James, as far as somebody we know, because, you know, with that schooling and, and buying people bicycles, that, that's, you know, we, we all forget about that. What he did in rich. his neighborhood, what he did. If more people can do what, like a LeBron James and all that, come back and do things like that, then I think that's a great start. But we only have... LeBron, Nipsey, and yeah, it's not, it's not enough of us doing that. That's why we need the government to provide resources. Um, the government ain't going to give you nothing. The government don't want to give you nothing now. Well, you they're doing the grid. The grid is the government. Yeah, look at all these, all, these, all these black rappers, entertainers we got. If these guys don't want to spend a, a few dollars to help their people, for us to get back, for, for them to get on their feet, for their kids to be safe... It's just a life investment. Y'all don't see it that way, but, I mean, somebody got to just, like, really think. If I can go out here and spend $25 on your CD and you 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 worth $250 million, what is it going to cost you? You you spend that in a nightclub making it rain. Yeah, you're right, actually. My dad used to say the same thing. Every black rich entertainer can solve half these problems exactly. if they put their money so, so, to it, but yeah. they never do. Oh, let's, right? let's, let's talk about it. I remember seeing something where Dr. Dre, I know he did the $75 million with Jimmy Iovine to USC. Okay. Um, but he was supposed to build an arts uh, 
or something like that. Well, how's that project going? You know anything about that? I don't know. He, he gave like uh, five or ten million dollars to the city of Compton to build where he posted had like a, a arts like like I think Redondo Beach has that art center or something like that. Well, I know Dre we, supports the Compton Airport and the the school they got there teaching the young black people how to fly. He, he oh, yeah. to that. I mean, that's one of the that's most good. amazing yeah. airports yeah. I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, who's teaching like ten year old black people to fly planes? So, so, so I'm saying people are doing things. We we probably just haven't really heard them, but maybe we need to uh, make people more accountable and doing things like that. That it's, program indirectly helps the bigger problem, but we need p- programs to directly work on the, the gang problem. Exactly. Like, that will help kids. That will inspire kids to become pilots. Well, those 16 and 18-year-olds, we done lost. I'm, I'm, they done Not lost. all of them. Everybody. No, nah, I never give up on any of these kids. We done lost them. You know nah. what? You have entertainers out as there. As a whole, there's a few that's going to come out and going to be great, successful people. But as a whole, I think we done lost. But my thing is, let's get back to these 5-year-old, 10-year-olds, and, and let's do something with them. Let's, let's plant the seed into them to doing the right things. For, for the programs that you're speaking okay, of, and that's why I went back to the the park and recreation, mm-hmm. and you know the the baseball diamonds and the good coaching and the and and the sports stuff that I, I you know I live out in Corona, and 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 you see the the um, baseball diamonds and stuff they have out here. I know they built one at Compton College that's supposed to be nice and stuff, but we need more of them out there. We were, I look at the Dodgers. Los Angeles Dodgers right now. You know how many African American? Well, I don't like to use the word African American. Black Americans that's on the Los Angeles Dodgers right now. Very few. I mean, that's no, just, not very few. That's just baseball in general. Not, but zero. Yeah, but Major League Baseball don't have a whole lot of black folks yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just because we're not out there. Who's coaching them? Who do we know that's out here that that that's took the time with the yeah, kids? Yeah, Little the, League the, took a decline after the riots yeah. of '92. Because what they started putting the resources into law enforcement and took them away from the park and rec. Yeah. So I I think all those programs are important, but. We need to directly deal with the gangs. We, At what age do you suggest that? Well, we got we have what's called intervention and prevention, right? Okay. So, what James was talking about with his nephew, that's intervention. Yeah, because they, they they now what you're talking about with the five year olds and six that's prevention. <laughs> that's prevention. Yeah. So it's a lot of times we just throw those two words together like it's the same thing, but it's not. It's not. So yeah. we need separate prevention programs, but then we need that direct intervention. That's when we're dealing with the 16, 17, and 18 year olds. People will say, well, we got training and stuff like that, but okay. do they let you into training schools without a, a, a GED or? A- it don't have diploma? to be a real school. It could be just a, a program that's set up in the community that teaches 16 and 17-year-olds how to use a, a video camera or how to edit film and video. Oh. And you might get one of these kids that's the worst out there just be like, wow, this is amazing. Oh. I want to learn how to use this camera. Yeah. Oh, I can shoot my own videos. Oh, I can edit my own videos. Yeah. And he might just start being inspired by this yeah. little program. But that requires money. Yeah. But you know? it's, it's easy to say because just like your wife was saying, you you teach them young, you get them when they four and five years old, and you teach them this ain't the way. That's the prevention, and that's the good thing about it. But then you got the other, the, my nephews, them. So you got you got to have somewhere to, for them to go. You know what I'm saying? For this, okay, what? How am I teaching something? How do we learn something? A different. I ain't I ain't learned nothing myself, but what I taught myself. I, I taught myself how to fix brakes, just looking at my grandfather do it, and then, okay, I'm, I had a knack at it. And I think that's the solution for, for a lot of these, the ones that you've already gave up on. Yeah. Um, teaching them skills. 
not through GED or traditional education ways, because a lot of these kids aren't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. But teaching them maybe mechanic, exactly. having a mechanic spot in the, in Compton. Imagine if you had a mechanic school in Compton to teach teenagers. How many of those kids off the street would actually go to that? A lot of a lot of them would. Well, they, and, and they have buildings over there. They had over the old Edison building on Bullets Road. Okay, so with that, all it takes is people like like a game that say he's with it, or people with money. This is how you put back in your community, knowing it's going somewhere right instead of blowing it. So you get them or whomever, and they, they invest their money. They invest in this building. You get maybe. Eight teachers start off with five to teach these different skills: brakes, water pumps, whatever. Once that get going, you can expand. Plumbing, electrician. Yeah, but you can you can expand. It ain't like he losing money because he getting taxes off of it. He doing. You're not losing. You're not losing. So, and opposed to just talking about it, let's be about it. Because if I had the money, it wouldn't be no question. Let's find a building. Let's find somebody that that we can put in here that we know ain't going to run off with it or, you know, and mess stuff up. So let's get people in here to handle this type of stuff, have this building. That's great. I mean, on on, on the Maxine Waters project over on Central, you, you have... Things like that. We don't doing want it. Maxine. Are they working? <laughs> we don't I understand, but that's what they are. Those are that's we what they want, are. We want to teach our own. But how, how can who, you say you want the game members to teach it? Who you want to teach? No, it? you you got some cats that smart too. But you know you got to be certified to teach. The, my point is, is, is programs out there, and we still have the game problem, and we still have the problem. That we I don't have. think there's enough programs though. You don't think it's enough? And okay, I think they need to be spread out okay. throughout. The and, entire and, and city, where county, can go yeah. because of the. Because I know where I, yeah. where I grew up at, man. There's literally like nothing around there, like programs or educational programs. Or the only thing we got is L.A. Trade Tech College. But of course, you got to be on that traditional yeah. education path to exactly, go there to get in the L.A. You know, Trey most Tech. of our our youngsters are, they don't know how to read and write. Yeah, at, at that level, but they can go there and learn water pumps or or uh, transmission or rebuilding an engine. Um, they can learn those those skills. So from that, you can start your own business. Well, I, instead and of don't think I'm not saying that I'm not for that. Midas being on the yeah. corner, you move them out, and you got that corner, and it's black owned. <laughs> everything, no, everything we do in the hood, we go and give our money to everybody else. Yeah. Well, why can we get a job at Midas? Why get a job at Midas and you can own your own? This is helping us yeah. instead of making mm-hmm. everybody else rich. Right. We can help ourselves. Well, I, I, I'm one to believe it's programs out there, but like I said, it's not enough. And um, so we just have to research them and, and get into it. What would you like to say? I think uh, also another thing that uh, the ones that we feel that, you know, we've lost them. I like to believe that and teach them that there is um, redemption. I mean, I remember when I was in school, eighth grade, ninth grade, I mean, I was failing. I, and I felt that there was no one there for me. So all I did was just kept digging a deeper hole, digging a deeper hole until someone was there to help me. But teaching them redemption, knowing that redemption isn't just about going to prison and coming back and changing, but redemption is now. 15, 14, oh, you're not doing so well, but it's okay. You can change, you know, and... 
you know, about the resources out there. There are so many resources out there. There are uh, probably on every corner. But it's once again, it goes back to the family structure. Who's teaching me this? Who's telling me that there are the resources out there? I mean, for me, you know, I have to call. I have to hear from another parent. You know, there's this happening. There's that happening. So I get on it. But who's getting on it for them? Who's there advocating for them? Right. Also, I don't think the police support all these programs anyways, because when you look at the way these budgets get allocated for prevention, intervention, and suppression, where all the money go? Suppression. Suppression. And little bits of pieces get sprinkled into the intervention prevention programs. Um, And I think we we need less suppression. I know you're most police will say, no, we need suppression because we got to fight crime out there. Right. But I think there's too much suppression. I agree with that. I mean, that's what most of your city budgets are going into uh, into law enforcement and fire law enforcement, fire uh, budgets. Over 75 percent of of the the city budget is allocated for law enforcement and uh, and fire department. That has to change at yeah, some at yeah. some level, yeah. whether it's the, the city of Los Angeles or the county or some of these other municipalities. Chief needs to speak up, but no one wants to take less money when it comes to law enforcement. Yeah. For example, I used to hear Mayor Villaraigosa, the former mayor of L.A., would speak locally about crime is low, our gang problem is low, we're at a 30-year low. But then he goes to Washington, D.C. And tell them how it's bad. It's how bad it is. Yeah. So why does he do that? Because he's trying to get those federal those dollars. Federal dollars. Oh, so, oh, and it's all about how you write the report. You know, they start telling, well, if technically you break in a car, is 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 a auto burglary or... or but no, that's petty theft. <laughs> you know, so you keep it low. They they teach you how to write write your reports. Now, if you arrest somebody, you 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 book them for auto burglary. But if you just go out and file a, a police report, then then you just make it a petty theft. And so that's the game that they play with the. Uh, that's a cold game, that's, right that's there. That's the game that they play. That's a cold keep, game that the cops the are playing. That the city government is yeah. playing. You know, manipulating those stats. In yeah, fact, there was yeah. a, a expose in L.A. Times a couple years ago about Charlie Beck. Mm-hmm. The former chief of LAPD manipulating those oh, crime they, statistics. They, 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 they play with the, the stats. They play with the stats. If uh, if somebody uh, if you catch somebody and they got shot, it's attempted murder. If <laughs> it is just uh, try to get an assault assault and battery, but if not, at least you know just assault with a deadly weapon. Where they you know they play with those games. They play those. It's all about if you get somebody in custody or you think you'll be able to. Uh, to, you have a good leads where you can make an arrest and then you can put them up to those those high categories. So they play with the statistics, they manipulate the data, they go to Washington, D.C., get federal funding, and then they allocate majority of that money towards suppression, and they're not really promoting the intervention prevention programs that would actually help the city. I mean, that's it in a nutshell right there. Period. <laughs> Period. So, I mean, all of that... I'm, I'm just, how do we help ourselves? Now, we need a solution. The city needs a solution. Our, our people need a solution. That's all I'm saying. So, somebody got to figure it out. I mean, because everything that they, these guys are doing now is going to be for nothing. You're going to run into a dead, wall, a, a, a dead end, and then what, what happens after that? You go right back to doing what we're doing. That's all we know. Okay, let me let me throw this at you. Uh, t- explain to them what the grid officers do. And would you want to be that officer? 
I'm not an officer. They're not officers. You know what a G, the, the gang enforcement yeah. officer? I mean, they're out there patrolling. They're jumping out, filling out FI cards, patting people no, no, down. No, not the gang officer. Oh, I'm talking the, about the, the, the grid. Oh, the grid guys. Yeah. Um, and those guys are on there. Um, they get alerts whenever there's a shooting or a homicide. They go out to the scene to try to do crowd control, talk to the family. They're like counselors. Um, they talk to the other side. If, if they know it's gang A versus gang B, the, the grid guy from gang A is talking to the grid guy at gang B, and then they meet up at 2 o'clock in the morning because the homicide just happened. So, I mean, it's a tough job. That's some good shit, though. That's what I'm saying. But they how many? They actually have. Yeah, and they are. are but that's a government. That that's yeah. a government-sponsored job. Yeah, they actually have. But would you be willing to do that? That's the problem. See that look no, right there. I'm about to tell okay, you. But I don't, but <laughs> let's see what James look. got to say. Okay, See, I was going to get go ahead, deep, go, but okay, I, right, yeah, I, yeah, I would do it because, I mean, just like now, I'm just make a difference, and this is what I want—a difference. I want my my kids, my grandkids, and my great greats to see Grandpa doing something totally different. That gonna make them want to do different exactly. and be different. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, my doors is open for. I've always wanted to have a building where I can have kids and talk, and talk to kids. I've I've talked to. But we were cousins. always talking about what we want to do for kids, but then the the it, ones we always talking about the, is the eighteen and, and you know that 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 group of sixteen, eighteen, the Red, nineteen year Some, some yeah. people can't handle seeing their homeboy down there on that ground dead. I done had a couple of them die in my arms, mm-hmm. so I know what it's like. Well, I, and you know, I know your story probably better yeah, than anybody exactly. know your story. So, so oh. I, I know what it's about. Yeah, I done been on both sides. I done been on the other side of the gun. I've been shot both times. Yeah. So I know what it feel like. I know what it feel like squeezing the trigger. You know what I'm saying? So you, you're excited on both sides. But how did you make it, make just... I'm, you just don't want people to go through what you don't went through. You wish they can learn from your examples, and uh, yeah, I know what you say. Especially people that go through you. My difference is helping. Yeah, and 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 my say my difference helping is starting with with family and then then doing this. So we, I can do this all day. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I can do it all day. Oh no, we done been we an hour and a half into no, it I'm, now. No, I'm not talking about yeah. the show. But, but talking I about can helping. get out there and yeah. talk and, and 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 walk with kids and talk all day. Yeah. So yeah, I would do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, well, Gangster Chronicles. Um, man, this is this is a section that can go on for for hours. Um, but uh, we know y'all won't tune tune in that long. So we're gonna go ahead and end it here. Man, um, Alex, um, it's a pleasure, man. Speaking with you and all of your knowledge. Thank you, Reggie. Um, man, appreciate you. So, y'all make sure y'all go and check out his his YouTube channel, Street TV. Street TV on on YouTube. X X. What is it called? What I want to say. Uh, formerly Street formerly, Gangs. Formerly. But I still got streetgangs.com. You can go check that out too. Exactly, exactly, man. So y'all be hearing from Alex a lot. Uh, a very knowledgeable brother, and you know James. Once again, happy birthday, brother. Right. And uh, we don't say Easter anymore. We say. Resurrection Sunday? <laughs> Did I say it right? Probably not. But anyway, y'all have a good one. And um, episode three of Gangster Chronicles. Peace out. Adios. This has been a Digital Soapbox Network production. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Today. 